right. Welcome to the December podcast edition of Behind the Glass Gallery. Wow. Kwaja, we made it all the way to the <laughs> oh, end of the man. year. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I we feel made like it, we man. need to, like, <laughs> pop a bottle of champagne or something. For real, man. It was a long journey. We had a lot of obstacles, but we legit made it. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, tagging along. Uh, we started <laughs> on a laptop. Yeah, the laptop mercantile. at the mercantile <laughs> huddled around. Right. Um, and people were like moving upstairs. There was construction going on. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. And I, I can see Chris kind of making this look right now. Well, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quote one of the greatest Canadian lyricists of our time. You you did start at the bottom and now you're here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we God. did. Please don't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And what's but, interesting too is like, I mean, I think we came into the studio and the studio has changed as well in that, that period of time. So, um, you know, now we're on handheld mics, uh, some of us. And, yeah. you know, at one point I think we were huddled around, you know, the, the four mics in front of us. So, um, <laughs> Oh yes, you know, that was definitely a, mics. a beautiful progression, right. uh, for, for behind the glass, but also for, for Chris and, and uh, that. You know, his studio and, and all of the work that we're doing here. So it's been a, a great journey. And, and I think, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit, maybe we'll, we'll bring it to fruition is bringing back those, those three from January and, and having them on our, our last podcast of, um, you know, this go around just to give them the, the opportunity to not be yeah. huddled around a microphone. So <laughs> right? you know, that goes out to Beth and Berto and, and, and Rob. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. For sure. Because I've gotten to know them, you know, being at the gallery and seeing everybody from prior behind the glass um, galleries come out and support everybody who's doing their work now and getting a chance to talk to them would be amazing. Yeah. yeah that'd be great. You know, have it full circle and just have them come back. We're definitely going to have them for one of our uh, short uh, Beyond the Glass episodes for sure, uh, just to check in with uh, with them and also other uh, Behind the Glass Gallery alumni. We'll do that in future episodes as well, as well as people that are around the Rochester area that have actually helped support and help make what Behind the Glass Gallery is um, every uh, first Friday. So we're definitely going to have these types of guests in, uh, sharing uh, their stories and how they help Rochester artists, uh, like the ones we're going to share uh, with you guys today. So, yeah. So uh, December. And then also uh, January, January 5th, uh, please uh, come down uh, because uh, we're going to have uh, our actual culmination of all of the artists that we've had all year in the year of 2023. We'll have a 2024 celebration uh, after the new year um, on the first Friday. And we'll be able to celebrate all the artists. All their work will be up on the gallery walls. Uh, we'll invite all of them back including the ones that we have here today. So you'll see them two months in a row. They'll be the first artists to have their stuff two months in a row. Back so there to you back. Go. We should just leave your stuff up, you know, <laughs> call it a day. Let but yeah, no, um, right, right. So, so yeah, please join us for the uh, final, uh, the final, final reception that we'll have uh, to celebrate all the artists that we've had all year. And yeah, so I appreciate you guys supporting that to making that possible. Um, but yeah, so today let's talk about our final twelfth episode of Behind the Glass. We got yeah. three artists today that I think you guys are going to be really interested to see what they have uh, to offer uh, for our gallery. Yeah, it's always exciting, you know, when we when we pull together the work. You know, we get the samples. Um, you know, we get the the photos together, um, and then we put out the social media posts. So I'm always interested to see, you know, what that reaction is like. And you know, this was another one of those strong reactions. Uh, where folks are like, oh yeah, yeah, this is this is gonna be good. Uh, you know, I think they even did a call back to Flickr, uh, which I thought was interesting. They were like, wait, I think I know this guy from his Flickr days. We'll talk to Eric about that in, in just a right, bit. Right. Uh, but it was interesting just to kind of see, you know, folks uh, resonate with with these three individually, but also collectively. And really looking forward to hearing from them today. But also, obviously, seeing their work on the wall for the month of December. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so right now. Um we're going to take a quick break, um, and when we come back, we are going to be here with our three December artists. Um, we have Gabriel, we have Joseph, and we have Eric here. So yeah, we'll be right back. I'm Matt Knotts. And I'm Chris Lindstrom, and we are the co-founders of the Lunchador Podcast Network. 
your home for amazing and wide-ranging podcasts in Rochester. With shows like Anomaly Presents, Behind the Glass, The Level Up Coffee Podcast, Punches and Popcorn, Just Can't Not, and of course, Food About Town, we celebrate the people, places, and things that make Rochester a fantastic place to live. We have more shows joining the network soon and offer remote and in-person recordings and video too. We're excited to bring distinct and diverse voices together on one network. Follow Lunchador on social media to catch new episodes as soon as they release and stay tuned for exciting news about new shows and how to support them. Lunchador, celebrating Rochester's creativity through the magic of podcasting. All right, we are back with our 12th episode of the year here at Behind the Glass Gallery Podcast. And um, yeah, so we're going to start off with our first artist. And um, yeah, so Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm Eric. Uh, first, I want to say thank you for having me. Um, it's an honor to be here, and especially this last one of the year. It's really cool. Um, no doubt, no doubt. I'm Eric Flores, and um, I guess I'm a transplant here, I guess you would call it. Um, <laughs> I am originally from Las Vegas, Nevada, and um, I moved here, not to Rochester, but I first moved to Utica, and I was there for eight years. Uh, my son's mother is from out this way, and then... Um, after about eight years or so, I moved to um, Rochester, here where I've been for five years. Um, yeah. So kind of a different, like I mean, uh, Las Vegas to Utica and and Rochester, kind of a a different vibe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. a little bit, and not a little bit. <laughs> I passed by it. I never stopped here, so I don't know the vibe we're talking about. It is. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, I don't know. I think. You know, it's usually like wherever you're from, you don't like, you don't like it anyways. It's, yeah. For me, Vegas isn't really all that, but um, okay. I love it here. Like the seasons, we didn't have that. It's all desert. So like you didn't have, it's all brown all the time. Not so much like, you know, the seasons, but. You had so few Utica greens, tomato <laughs> pies, and very little Bosnian food oh, God. in Las Vegas. Yo, yeah, what's no, a, what's I've a never... tomato pie? What oh, is, what, what is a tomato, tomato pie? Tomato pie is a Utica delicacy. Oh, um, my God. Don't, yeah, the, don't, don't, don't tell New Jerseyans no that. <laughs> it's basically just a okay. dough with tomato and a little yeah, bit of parm on it. Are you serious? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. what it is? Yeah, wow. tomato pie, man. Yeah. And Come on. Shout out to Utica, man. Good times. I didn't know what any of that was. I'm sorry if you're from Utica and you're listening. I didn't know that. But. <laughs> oh, they love their food there. Hey, get, get, get your so chivapi and enjoy Boston. Tomato food. pie. Yeah. Yo, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I didn't know what any of that was until I moved there. And um, it's a smaller area, but it's the people there are really cool. And the art scene's really good there, too. Awesome. Um, but yeah, then I moved here because um, work mostly. And um, I did quickly find that the art scene here was really, really cool. And it just kind of like solidified my stay here. I feel like, and, um, I think we were talking about earlier about Flickr. <laughs> I, when I first moved here, I was on that and that's how I would network with people and photographers and stuff. And I did meet, um, Jason, mm-hmm. Wilder. Jason, Jason Wilder, yep, Wilder. An alum. on Flickr. Mm-hmm. And nice. when I first moved here, he was one Shout of the first Jason. ones <laughs> that I, um, spoke with and we never got, we were never able to go out and shoot, but we had always like talked about it and planned it, but we never really made it happen. It'd be nice to do that finally. Yeah. I think that's an open invitation to yeah. Jason. If yeah. Yeah. We're, we're also trying to conjure up some type of behind the glass alumni photo walk. It would be pretty cool. I thought you were going to say you were going to try to buy Flickr and turn it into something. Oh, no, <laughs> no, like, no. That's way too ambitious yeah, for what we we're doing here, kind, Richard. I'm good with we that. don't have that kind of money yet. Or ever. We go with that. That's awesome. <laughs> so, when did you start, when did you start um, taking photos? Yep, that was exactly what I said. <laughs> so I think when I was little, my dad had a camera, and I remember – we used to skate and rollerblade and I would take that camera out and shoot. It was a film camera. It was actually, I have that right now. Actually I shoot with it every now and then it's a Pentax, uh, MX, um, 35 millimeter. And, um, I think that's kind of what got me started was just like having fun with my friends and just like doing cool photos. And at that time it was like, uh, let's see, mid nineties. So like, you know, you had skateboard magazines and there was a a magazine called daily bread it was like a rollerblade magazine that had cool photos and that kind of got us got us started with that but then um i didn't like 
wasn't really that interested to really go far with it. It was just having fun with the camera. And then um, I would say in the military, too, I have actually some pretty cool military photos from, um, you know, deployments and stuff that, again, it was just fun to have the camera and shoot around. But I didn't really take it serious until uh, I moved to L.A. after I got out of the military. And um, I was going to a lot of the um, the Dim Mac events and like, uh, you know, Steve. Steve Aoki, he used to throw these parties back in the day. This was like 2007. And um, these photographers would be at these events and they'd have these film cameras with wild flashes and like <laughs> just like really cool. And then you'd super you'd get gaudy. All, You're like, yo, what is that? Yeah, dude. Like, like using like cups and like just doing crazy oh my God. stuff. MacGyvering it up. Like they'd have something like this. I have a Canon AF35 here. And yeah. they would have like, you know, they'd they put some weird like milk carton in front or something to make some weird flash with it. And then they would come up to your face and just shoot you in the club. <laughs> and it was just cool. The photos with they the would camera. get, it was cool. With and I camera. was not sure to have. It was cool just to like, you know, be there. And then you'd, you'd see the photos afterwards. And to me, I had never, I had never witnessed that. So I was, I really liked that. And I, I wasn't that kind of guy where I'd go to a club and feel comfortable shooting like that. Right. Um, and I always just admired that, but that got me into, um, being interested in taking photo film photos and I bought a camera. I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. Um, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> and, and, and there was DSLR was coming in pretty, pretty right, strong right. too at that right, time. Right. So it's like, I didn't even know like the difference between a DSLR camera and a 35 millimeter camera. Mm -hmm. And I saw one on Craigslist and I was like, Oh, a camera for $90. I bought it and it happened to be, I have the camera still as an N2000, can, or a Nikon N2000. And that was my first camera that I was serious about. And I remember just being like, man, this thing is hard to use. I, I got shit photos out of it. I probably got like three that were really <laughs> decent. And uh, from there, it was just like, I would use that a little bit, but I was a little bit discouraged because I wasn't getting what I really wanted to, but I kept, kept with it. And then... Eventually, um, I got into digital years later, but yeah, mm -hmm. I'd say like the definitely being in LA at the time and just the, the scene and the vibe got me interested in the, in photography. What so, is it about, um, what is it about Rochester that's kind of sparked your interest in, in well, capturing this, this, the scenes here? Dude, this is like, I feel like this is like the place to be for film photography and like, I mean, photography in general, um, but, you know, having Kodak here and there is so many good photographers here. I'd say that's one thing that's kind of like a little, a little scary about being here is that there is a lot of good photographers here and to, to like put yourself out there, put your work out there. It, it takes a lot, you know, cause you're always comparing yourself to everybody. Mm -hmm. And, but I do think that it also helps. Like it's, it's, it's cool. And you want to be part of that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think um, that's the one thing that's, it's kind of interesting about the, the photography scene in Rochester is that there are some extremely talented folks here. Um, but I would say for the most part, those folks are super approachable and willing to have the conversation right. or willing to like hang out and, you know, shoot the shit and, you know, take photos together or, you know, share tips or, or tricks or just whatever. Um, and kind of build. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that's really interesting too. Like, I feel like, you know, you and I, like our circles kind of uh, revolved around, you know, other folks. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, I know you from this and you know me from that, but we've never met in person. And, um, you know, I feel like that's just that, you know, that degree of uh, separation sometimes in Rochester, but just being encouraged to be like, yo, I really love this photo. Like mm -hmm. keep doing your thing. And, you know, when you were talking about being in a service, I remember, um, and I just looked at it again, um, you know, the series of photos that you put up back in September at some point of a deployment. And it was like just these really cool, raw, like fun, you in know, the moment. Just, yeah, it was like just Legit. not, you know, just like there's a moment, but not like if I was a photographer and I tried to capture that mm -hmm. as like a civilian, it wouldn't have been the same as you nope. being with the unit and going out and being like, hey, like we're just, you know, mm -hmm. out doing our thing and I'm going to snap off a couple photos. So, you know, mm -hmm. there's definitely this um, this really cool energy about your your photos. And that's just one example of, you know, many. So. Thank you so much. Those yeah. are those are 
I don't have many photos from the military just because we didn't really have the time to really take a lot of photos. But um, the ones that I do, I, I cherish those. And we we'd do some crazy stuff with like we would tie our we would tie our cameras down to our button when we jump out of the planes so they wouldn't fly out. And we'd be able to like when the shoot opens, you could take them out of your shirt and shoot away. And I wish I was <laughs> legit I, GoPros. Right I now. wish I <laughs> was Yo, like for real. smart enough back then to be like shoot more of the drop zones and shoot more of that. Cause I think it would be so cool to do like a drop zone, like show, you know? Yeah. Wow. But That's I do awesome. have a few and I, I was thinking about bringing some of those, but I'm not sure yet. I, and the other thing too is like, they're not, I wasn't serious that much at the time. So it wasn't like, they're not really conscious, but like you said, it's like, it's mm -hmm. in the moment. It's we we're f my friends and in these really crazy places. And, mm -hmm. but I think eventually, yeah, I'll, I'll show them at, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, I mean, that's the cool thing about um, photography and how you find your way there. Um, is that sometimes it's the not serious moments that are the ones that, you know, you're not thinking, right? Like, right. you know, if you're not like, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm trying to get a photo today. Like your mind is just wrapped in this. I got to get a photo today as opposed to like, Hey, I'm just out you know, and we're doing yeah. this thing. And you know mm -hmm. what, that seems like a cool moment over there. And you know, I think about, you know, some of this, the photos that, you know, uh, from you and Richard, when you guys did a photo walk and it's like, you guys are squatting by uh, garbage cans. Like <laughs> that's, is it a brilliant photo? Legit, man. I mean, we're some people would be like, around. no, that's silly, but it's also <laughs> like, it's a moment, like it's a cool moment. Um, and I love garbage cans for some reason. I love that, <laughs> that scene. So like it resonated with me, but it's also like, folks just capturing each other having a good time and, and being out and mm -hmm. you know if something happens it happens if it doesn't you know at least we had the the company so. yeah mm -hmm. and the company was uh well needed at that time i was uh as you know my dad's been going through his health you know issues and he still is you know battling right now but at the time that day i can't remember if i hit you up or you hit me up or whatever but it happened you know that same day we were able to connect and actually do that photo walk and that really did help me decompress and just actually get away and it was great i enjoyed all the all the shots i took and it was a great experience so, it was fun yeah, yeah. definitely and i'm glad i could could be there to yeah yeah it was that. dope was, i appreciate it man um yeah. that i do have some still that i haven't like, yeah i still got some too that are just there and i i didn't leave take them there. too many but all right yeah was, some some special about you know that kind of camaraderie that mm -hmm. you know just being there and doing a thing you know can be the thing that gets you at least out of your own head for a little bit yeah Sure. And that's, uh, you can tell that's, mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff that's been building with everything going on here. For sure. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. And it's you also nice. have, uh, um, another cool, uh, thing in Rochester, um, golden supply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, tell shout us a little bit more about my, that. My that work partners, Dalvin and Adam. Um, yeah. So shout out Dalvin on the live right now. I see him. Is he on it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a live going? Oh, sure. Yeah. We got it going. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Golden Supply Co. is uh, uh, a business that we started, let's see, it's been a year and a half now. Um, crazy mm -hmm. how time goes by so fast, but uh, it's going well. I I, I assume you, some people listening would know, like, we just had the photo walk and mm -hmm. been doing a lot of community stuff lately, um, trying to do more of that. But, yeah, things are going good there, and... We look forward to like just being a part of the fabric of this community with like the arts and stuff. I love the pun there, the fabric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And you guys did a, a really cool, um, you know, under uh, Richard's commission, um, you know, the behind the glass hats, uh, mm. you know, two yeah. of two. Uh, you know, every time I wear it, someone wants to know where I got it from. <laughs> they uh, they don't even shit. know what behind the glass is. In some cases, yeah. they just love the, the the craftsmanship and the patchwork on it. So, really appreciate the yeah appreciate that a lot. Thank Legit. you so much. Yeah. It was highly like when I saw it, like it's the chain stitch. Adams ch did the yeah. chain stitch. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like a beautiful, I, beautiful it was product. Just product. Yeah, I didn't know he was a part of that, and then I saw him. Like, oh, I remember when he went off to do. <laughs> that kind of work and I'm like yeah i remember his dedication to quality yeah he was always just so deep into making sure things were done the right way yeah made me really artist. excited to yeah. see that yeah and it's cool to have something like that in rochester and Definitely, just the craftsmanship yeah. and yeah 
Yeah, and it helps that you're right next to Fuego. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. get your coffee, come by. Yeah, we're we're um, and a skate park. There's a oh, lot of yeah. new stuff. Yeah, the skate park. Um, you got the two bars down the way, Vesper and Sidebar. Yep, that area is like prime. Like they just need to make more spaces available, and they have so much parking. If they can only like build a couple more buildings, so they can put storefronts or, or restaurants, it would be a cool little spot. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's underrated. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And mm-hmm. I think we're, we're seeing that happen all over town where people want to do cool things. Mm-hmm. Now there's availability to do cool things if you want to do them. Yeah. Right. And there's some areas like that that you're going to see more pop-ups like sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. For now, you just stick your head out the window and just smell the Donuts Barbecue and <laughs> yeah. every morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's inspiration. There's inspiration. If it's, <laughs> if it's not our felt burning. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sometimes you'll walk in the shop and it'll just be smelling like, Burn cat or something. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Thank we'll you, come man. back around and we'll we'll check in to see what you're bringing to the gallery. But awesome. right now, we're gonna move on to our next artist, Gabriel. Hey, what's up, right. brother? How you doing? Doing all right. All right. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, my friend. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. See, I love you know. Let me just let me just chime in. Let me just chime in because I just love that we have these these adopted Rochesterians in the gallery. And I'm one of them too. Quaje is one of them too. People forget like Quaje wasn't born and raised here, but this is his home, and he's grown to love it. And I mean, it's awesome that um, that we have so many people that are actually coming to invest. And actually, you know, nest their art and their um, their stuff here. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, well, um, grew up in Brooklyn. By the way, my name is Gabriel Flores with the S. <laughs> I know this. I know his Eric's last name, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. That was dope. <laughs> he got a Z on it. It's all right. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, um, I, I just you know been traveling. Living in different areas. I live Syracuse, okay. Florida, New Jersey, now here in Rochester. So, so what, what brought you to do that much traveling? Was it your profession? Was it what you're doing with your photography? Um, well, me, first time I moved to um, Syracuse, I was like 12. Mm-hmm. Lived there for a year. My parents split up, so... I just moved over there for like a year. Parents got back together, lived in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Parents split up again. How was Brooklyn though? When you were, well, how were you when you were in Brooklyn? I was I was born and raised there, pretty you know, gotcha. pretty much. So so I because the photography in, scene there is pretty legit. Yeah, I, so I grew up in Williamsburg. Right okay, now, gotcha. that's like the the hot spot. Right. But okay. When I grew up, it. You can, yeah, it was, you catch it was definitely cab. different. <laughs> it was definitely different ways. For real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like night and day, really. Yeah, you. No one wants to go there. The yellow cabs. No, you weren't. You weren't catching a yellow cab over there ever. Yeah. So, oh, um, but like my my neighborhood was mixed. You know, you got Italians, you got mm-hmm. Polish people. You know, Dominicans, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, um, anything you can think of. Chinese, Thai people. Everywhere. And did you start shooting around that time then or no? At that time, I was just, um, I was into everything. So my father had a bunch of cameras. None of them really worked. So <laughs> I was like piecing stuff together and like, all right, let's see what I can do with this. All right. So um, I would just shoot with disposable cameras, you know, every now and then. And then it got a pain. It was like, it was too much money. I was like, all right, I'm just going to put this down for a little bit, <laughs> you know. That's so the, I think that's that's every photographer's like <laughs> wall, brick wall that they hit. The money. money yeah, it was just film because there was at that time there were, digital was just coming out. Right. So it's either know. a film, it's either a new lens, a new body. Yeah. You know, it, it's just crazy, the grind. Um yeah. but yeah, so then what brought you to Rochester? Um well I, I met my wife. Um, in Syracuse and then you know so I moved back I moved back to Syracuse again like for the third time <laughs> and then um, you know we were dating for a little bit then she graduated from SU okay with her masters and everything like that so she got a job at Xerox nice and I just came with her nice 
trying to figure it out. And then that's when I decided to go um, to MCC. Okay. And then that's when I, I started taking photography and videography and got my degree in that. Nice. So. Did you meet uh, Ja at, at MCC? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ja was in, yeah, Ja was at MCC. Was start yeah. yeah, Ja okay. was in my class and, you know. Ja Keith Elliott. Yeah, I sat in the back. He sat in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Headband Steve for anyone out there. Different student. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Former alumni. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he, he's, a, he's a good guy. So. so did you guys connect a little bit at MCC or you just knew of each other and your work, you know, because you guys were both in the photography major? Well, yeah, just because we were in the major and um, uh, we we had projects together like um, um, photo history, mm-hmm. so we had a we, we just had a discussion about that, and you know, I've just know. been more vocal in that class, and he's just been quiet, just listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day we just you know, after after school we were like, right. let's go shoot around for a little bit. Listen, it's funny because your your photography is. Is uh, the opposite of quiet, my friend. <laughs> uh, you are to tell. All right, so you do a special kind of, you know, photography. Uh, it's called infrared. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit so that some people that don't really know what type of photography that is, what is the idea behind it, and what stands out, and what makes it different than a regular photograph? All right, so um, infrared photography is uh, basically um, you get you get to shoot past um the spectrum of a human eye right um below and above so you can shoot um like any pretty much the the prime time to shoot is midday right which you know as photographers you're you're told not to shoot during 12 you know <laughs> lunch hour is lunch hour for you you just go find some place to eat sit down wait for golden hour right you know? right, right right or if you, you can find some shadows you know some nice nice little spots you you do that but um, I wanted more time to shoot, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know, so so I can saw some people shooting infrared. Started talking to them. Um, they based in Michigan, mm-hmm. um, California, stuff like that, and they had their cameras converted. So they explained a lot. There's different with infrared. There's different spectrums that you can you can narrow mm-hmm. in on. So you. I've converted my camera to full spectrum because right. I didn't know which route I wanted to go in. Right. So I wanted as much possibility as I can. So I got the full spectrum and all I'll do is just change the filters on it and, you know, just get the, the look I want at the time. It's crazy because it's, it just attracts the eye. Like, um, Rachel from Lumiere is actually the one that actually uh, referred me to you in your work. She said that you were, doing some frames for some of your work there and she just said that it was just stunning and she just was like captivated by how it looked and whatnot and i was trying to describe to her what i knew what infrared was based on my yeah (laughs) and i was just telling her like not even what you were saying the bare bones of that basically just saying that it brings you know your eyes are able to see it at a certain level but i mean being able to study that and you know go to school for that um it's actually pretty interesting and awesome and actually now um showcasing it with your art is, is pretty awesome yeah thank you yeah yeah the colors i mean it's just it's just fun to look at um because it makes you stop like it makes you stop for a second and you know i'm looking at some of the the images now and um you know you kind of go through and there's like these like wild pops of pink <laughs> and like crazy pops of um and these are things that can't be done with yeah, just throwing like, a filter yeah just it's like, like a, crazy pops yeah. of like red this is not a visco filter you can yeah, throw on like there's no <laughs> filter that will do this on your and like just blues right like these blues are like yeah. just weird like crazy hues and but it it makes it fun to look at and you know um you know, i feel like you know color photography is is beautiful i I resonate a lot uh, more recently with black and white, but the infrared is like taking you into like some trippy out of space mm-hmm. land. Like maybe I need to be high looking at this. I'm not sure, <laughs> uh, but it does like give you like a really I do cool see some purple hills here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> D12, shout out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you you mentioned that did you convert a, a digital camera for that? Or are you shooting film or how, how are you doing that now? Cause it looks, I just did a couple searches. It looks like there's a lot of different options yeah. for how to do that. Um, well, back in the day they used to use um, 
Kodak Aerochrome um, film cameras, and um, you you were stuck with that one look. Hey everyone, producer Chris Lindstrom here. Uh, first off, I wanted to apologize to Gabriel and Joseph. Uh, we had some technical issues uh, with the recording after this. So uh, apologies for Gabriel for not finishing the rest of his conversation. But we are going to uh, cut back to an interview recorded after uh, with Joseph just to make sure he got his time on the podcast. Again, apologies from producer Chris Lindstrom here and now. Uh, the recorded after interview with Quad J, Joseph, and myself. And we're back with a post-recorded segment of the December 1st Friday launch of Behind the Glass. Uh, thanks to uh, Quad J and Joseph for coming over to the studio late at night on a Wednesday to do this backup recording. A little extra action, a little um, behind, behind after dark. <laughs> In the glass or something. After dark. After dark. <laughs> after the glass. <laughs> yeah, we, we need more signifiers for that. Oh, my goodness. Does this count as late night? Yeah. I mean, ish. I feel like yeah. I have to go I don't, to my... I don't feel like it counts as late night for me. It's past nine o'clock. Yeah, but shows at Bug Jar don't start until nine. Oh, geez. That's true. Man, I'd be so tired. So, uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's jump right into that. Yeah. You know, shows at Bug Jar. What... Um, Talk to us a little bit about your your photography and what maybe what got you to the concert stuff that I think a lot of folks know you for. People know you for a lot of different things, but so we'll jump into the the, the concert side of it. Yeah, I uh, I started shooting in high school after taking a uh, film class. Dabbled in the darkroom a little bit there, uh, but most of my friends in high school were in bands, and so. I would, you know, casually shoot a little bit on film then. And then once I got my first digital camera, I would just start taking photos at shows. Did you feel like during those times with your friends in high school uh, and even beyond, where it was like, if you showed up without a camera, was it a, a weird interaction where you're like, hey, I just want to hang out and, and watch the show? Or, or did you always have that camera with you? Uh, it was never weird if I didn't. Um, I've since then, I've almost always had a camera with me. Uh, but in fact, recently, I showed up to a show at Bug Jar that I intended to take pictures at. And I realized that I had left my battery on the charger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and someone uh, someone from a band that wasn't playing asked me where my camera was. And I had to be like, oh, I intended to shoot this, but I forgot my battery. <laughs> That's like the, the there was a um, recent... I don't know if it was a survey or something online and people were like, what are the five things as a photographer? And people were like, well, you forget your battery, your backup battery, um, things like that. What was it that, um, you know, so it's kind of this spark in, in high school, but what was it to kind of push you to continue to, to take photographs? Uh, well, I, uh, I spent a lot of time taking photos of my daughter when she was growing up. Uh, and then there were periods of time where, like, I didn't take any photos. The I know we had talked about this um, in the uh, previous version. Um, how long? Like, what's your the the period of time that you've you've taken photos? So, high school is what uh, age for I, you? I think I t took that class in two thousand two. So it's been twenty years. Oh, wow! Yeah. And I, and I know we talked about, um, you know, just what's in that, that, uh, archive. Um, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there, but then oh, there's yeah. also things that you haven't been able to see because they're still on how many rolls of film did you say? Oh, there's probably 40 to 50, 50 rolls of film, 40 to 50 rolls of black and white slide film, a whole lot of 120 film. Are those, are those pieces like, are they in a shoebox sitting somewhere? Are they like numbered? Yeah. Do they have like some sort of, when you took them or you just have no idea? I have started labeling them. Like if I should, like the past six months or so, if I shoot a roll of black and white, um, I label it. So I know. But the stuff before that. But most of it <laughs> is not labeled at all. There's like a few here and there. So a bit of a technical question. So when you store stuff for that long, do, is there a shelf life? Do you get a degradation over time? That's something I'm not familiar with. I know people have developed stuff from a long time ago, but if it's sealed, is it still good to go? 
Technically, it should be in the fridge. Uh, it will degrade over time, just even just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, mine's just in like a shoebox. It's just hanging out. That'd be an interesting um, like journey, like to you know pull them out little by little. Obviously, the the cost of developing film is is a it's a, a lot whole other expense in itself. But then you know there are resources locally like. Flower City um, that I know that Viv and some other folks um, that are you know alum of the gallery, but also folks that are friends of of Behind the Glass that have you know used that space, and I wonder how that would you know kind of tap back into that those darkroom days. So developing and then going in, and you know, I think there's something so cool about watching um, you know that print come to life in the bath that is like unmatched, right? Like when you download something digitally it's like oh i got this picture that's really cool but there's something so much different than when you've got it and then larger and then all of a sudden there it is it's magic yeah well it's it's the the process too like there's it's as i've gotten older there's something i've i really love about the process of doing things well and the attention to detail and all the all the steps matter to me more now in a way they just didn't when I was younger and it feels now when, when you go through all the little things, you feel a different kind of accomplishment. Even if you could did it when you were younger, it's different. Yeah, it's it a feels definitely different. a different feel. I definitely feel that. Uh, I spent all day today, all afternoon, basically framing my prints for the gallery. And like, I took the time to make sure that everything was, everything was nice. Everything was secure. There was no dust under the glass. Like it's definitely about that process. Yeah, it's a it's a it's something that, um, and we'll talk about some of the the collage work in a sec. But you know, it's just something about being able to hold that in your hand. And you know, so much of the the space now is is digital, and you're sharing stuff digital, and you're sending a text, and that's digital. And now there is like that ability to hold something in your hand. So being able to have those prints arrive, pull those prints out, the prints are what you want it. And then to frame them and go through that careful process of framing and for folks to be able to, to enjoy that in the gallery space, I think is, is, is something that, you know, at the time when we were living in it, it was like, yeah, okay, that's what you're supposed to do. But now it's something I think, you know, we often take for granted being able to have that physical connection to the work. Oh, absolutely. I even had that today when I, opened the box that my prints came in, like got to hold them. Cause I had like half my work, all the live concert work is all digital, uh, but anything I shoot on film, I get it processed. Uh, if it's color, it's Scott's. And then I just do process only cause years and years ago I made the investment and I bought a film scanner cause I I didn't want to pay to have someone else scan it. Yeah. I just couldn't afford it. Yeah. But there's, I think there's also that, that the beauty and the, the scanning of it too. So you like, yes, having it processed, but then you've got the scan and you're able to kind of go through and, and tweak and look and see. And um, yeah, I think there's something that's beautiful in that as well. Absolutely. I, I just like, I've thought about it a million times and I'm like, uh, do I have the patience? Like, that can that, can someone just scan the the prints for me? But then there are times where I'm like, maybe I should just you know kind of go through that that process as well. And um, you know, I, I hear you talking about it. I know uh, Berto and a couple other alum have also talked about just making that leap and saying, you know, now I have control, one more step of control over over the process, which I think is cool. I've been trying to convince Viv and Paul to get scanners as well because yeah. they keep. Uh, sort of griping about the price of getting their <laughs> scans done. Yeah, I mean, I like think it there, really adds up. Yeah, I think there's the beauty of obviously, you know, uh, contributing to the the ecosystem. Absolutely, uh, and you know, making supporting sure small businesses, supporting small business. But there's also something about being able to, you know, sit and do your your thing and have that that time and that space, but also have a couple extra bucks in your pocket to buy another roll of film. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and go out there and continue to, to do it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So, so talk to, uh, talk to the, us about the, uh, collage work. And I, I, I think I've mentioned to you before that, um, I knew you had taken photographs, had seen your, uh, photo work, but 
what introduced me to you and your work was the collage. That's kind of where I enter, um, you know, uh, stage left in your, your journey. Um, like how did that start and, and why, and you know, what's the connection back to your, your photo work? I started doing collage work at a time when I was kind of burned out on photos. Um, so the, it started during a period where like I wasn't taking very many photos at all, uh, but I needed something else. And so I started making these collages. Uh, they were a lot different at the beginning than they are now. Uh, before they were just like, kind of like what you think of with collage, like mm -hmm. smaller cuts, lots of stuff overlapping, that kind of stuff. And then it, it evolved over time. And I started to realize that everything I was starting to make resembled a photograph. Yeah, that's what I think is very interesting. And maybe that's what really drew me into your work. So I've seen, I love collage work in general. Like, I just think that it's really cool with the cuts and how you're able to filter through so many different magazines or different pieces and say, look, this is something new. But what you're doing is super interesting because you're taking a composite of all of these different things and then recreating an image and the image looks like it's real. Like it looks like someone had grabbed the camera and, you know, I talk about that moon picture uh, until the cows come home because, you know, it's a photo um, of the moon there's clouds there and then the moon is in the background and you're like, wait, you're on the moon. How is the moon there? And, but you can't tell where the cuts are. Yep, That's my favorite. <laughs> it's like a, I don't want people to know. Yeah. It's super trippy. And I think that's, that's, what's really cool. But it, it, it creates this illusion of that. It, it's an actual image. It's, you know, all these different pieces kind of coming together. When I had uh some stuff in the spooky show at Frank's actually it was that moon one. It was up there uh, at the opening. I had some kids ask me where I took those photos <laughs> and that's the, that's the number one question I get when I'm like vending at a market or something. It's people like start flipping through all the original collages that I brought and they just think they're photographs. Well, and I think the, the fascinating part, cause I, I did open that and look at it last, uh, you know, when uh, the night of when we did the original recording and when I was looking at it, you know, what struck me was same kind of thing we're talking about process. It's there's this separation of, you know, when you're young and you're a kid and you're messing around with Photoshop and you're slapping things together. Oh yeah, I can throw that in there and it looks, it looks good. There's a real, there's a fineness to doing something as polished as that, where it's not that anymore. Cause at certain points it's like, Oh, somebody just used a Photoshop. They just did a thing. And this is a very different experience because it's so smooth and so polished. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I have file folders upon file folders of just pages that I've cut out of source material and I'll spend like hours trying to find the two pieces that match up the best. So you're kind of now in this kind of hybrid of the two space. Are you still doing uh, a lot of the collage work here and there. As, yeah. Like every once in a while, there's a bunch of unfinished pieces on my desk currently. Yeah. I, I think it's this really cool. Like you go to your um, Instagram feed and you don't know what you're going to get. And I think that's the excitement of your feed where like I, like I mentioned when I entered, there was the collage stuff. And then obviously, um, you know, as COVID restrictions lifted, there was more of the, the, the concert stuff, but you had already been doing the concert stuff. And then as um, one of our other alum, uh, Nick uh, Rock Street Photo, uh, started to do Tag Tuesday, you're like, well, I got something for you there too. And then you started to throw in, you know, all of these like, you know, really some of them like super deep in the archive where, you know, it's stuff from the subway, it's stuff from the legal wall, like the legal wall, you know, like 10 years ago almost in, in some cases um, where, you know, it's just that kind of that cool, um, you know, cool vibe and, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, tricks in your bag, so to speak. Yeah. I love, uh, I love digging through the archives to find stuff, especially for tag Tuesday. Yeah. And tag Tuesday has become one of my uh, favorite um, 
things on Instagram because so many different people are, you know, for the lack of a, a pun or whatever, like they're tagging in, right? So like oh, people yeah. are like, hey, check this out. Like, or I found this or, you know what, this is a photo I've had for a while and I've never shared it. I want to kind of throw it into the mix. And, and I think that's a, it's been a cool, um, cool ride. And I mean, I would imagine that maybe someone was doing it somewhere else, but it just seems that Nick was kind of that orchestrator of, you know, it's Tuesday and here we go. And, you know, bright and early people are kind of getting their, their stuff together. Yeah. I love that every week. It seems like there's new people jumping in too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we are going to close out. We got about a minute left before uh, we go back to finish out the episode. Uh, I did want to remark cause that's, it's funny you mentioned that cause I've, I don't take a lot of pictures myself, but you know, Richard and, uh, you know, the, you know, Friday posting and all that stuff. But now when I see stuff, I think of, Oh, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a quad J picture right yeah. now. I took one, I took one at the public market of a box next to a frame with, you know, with <laughs> like stuff next to it and did it in black and white. I'm like, yep. Quad J picture. I'm you got to post it. Out it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I love, but now it's it's been fun thinking about that. But that's what that stuff does when people contribute that do it at a high level. It makes other people yeah. want to contribute and be part of this community that's growing. That's the thing, community. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming in uh, late night, late-ish night, not bug jar. Early night. This is early, <laughs> um, guys. So thanks so much. Uh, and now we're going to go into our ad and finish out the episode. And hopefully everybody will see you Friday night at the Mercantile on Main uh, for the uh, fantastic launch of the December Behind the Glass. Welcome to the world of punches and popcorn, where we dive into the bone-breaking and kung-fu-kicking world of martial arts cinema. Join us on the path as we explore a new movie every episode, discussing the history, fighting styles, science, and more from a broad range of fight films. Everything from Bruce Lee to John claude Van Damme to John Wick. There's plenty of room in our temple of couch potato style. So listen in and subscribe to Punches and Popcorn on your favorite podcast app. All right, we are back with our December episode. And right now we're just going to go around and just ask our artists real quick uh, what they're bringing to the gallery and basically uh, where they could find where you guys could find them um, basically on their social media accounts. So, And it doesn't have to be specific. We don't want right. to have to tell us what you're bringing, like the six, but like right. what's the energy that you want to bring into this space? What do you want people to take away from what you're bringing, basically? Right. Damn, that's hard. It's <laughs> <laughs> deep. So we'll give you one second to think about it. Boom. <laughs> this right. is the lightning Wait. round. Wait, right. am I the only person that knows exactly what they're bringing to the gallery already? Right. Because if you don't okay. know, guys, it's okay. Because not a lot know. of people don't know. I probably got half of them. How about but. this? You can give us a little sample of where your mind is at in terms of what you're bringing. All right. Um, so we'll start with Eric. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> so Since you started talking. I I um, will probably bring mostly new stuff. Um, and I'm really liking getting back out in Rochester, kind of like how it used to be when I first moved here. Um, shooting night stuff. Um, so I'll probably do some of that. Okay. And where can people find you basically? Oh, um, probably just Instagram. My, my Instagram is probably the, the best way. All right. uh, Eric Flores, NY. Flores with a Z. Flores with a Z. Awesome. All right. All right. Uh, Gabe. Gabriel. Yep. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Okay, good um, man. Yeah, I got. I'm bringing like six photos, um, all from Rochester. Okay. Um, some things that you, you know, you guys been to, you seen, mm -hmm. walking down. But your perspective, yeah, your art, my so my perspective, you. you know. Um, all infrared. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, one of them is you know neg some negative space. Okay. Um, some wide angle stuff. You know, just different, just different things, different layers. Awesome. And where can people find you? Um, on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Atticus Productions, but is people for people that look at it is A E Tykes. <laughs> that's how when they see it, that's what they say, but is pronounced Atticus <laughs> Productions. <laughs> okay. All right. And Joseph. 
Uh, I'm bringing uh, six photos. I got three live shots uh, that I took all this year and that have not been posted at all before. And then three film shots, uh, two of which I think got posted pretty far back. So maybe people have seen them. Probably not. Okay. I'm excited, man. It's going to be, you guys are ending the year with a bang. It's going to be a great show. So please, um, if you're listening to us before um, December 1st, please head out to the gallery on Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. Anytime you can stop in, check out what our artists have. Um, And then if you're listening to us after the first, you can always check out uh, their work through the month of December. Uh, Anytime the mercantile is open, um, the gallery is also open. For sure. And then please come back and see them again next month, January 5th, uh, 6 to 8, so we can celebrate them again and all, all of our other artists for the year of 2023 for Behind the Glass. And we're going to end it off with our friend, Mr. Producer Chris. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here for another episode of Behind the Glass. Excited about uh, December. Really excited about January. I'm going to walk around and talk to some of the amazing uh, photographers there that night, and we're going to have a good old time. If you're looking for a good old time in Rochester and want to learn about Rochester's diverse food scene, go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event. We work with a variety of Rochester's uh, diverse uh, small minority-owned restaurants, and you get to learn about Rochester without doing any of the work. So if you want to do that, go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal. Stay tuned for exciting news about the Lunchador Podcast Network. Uh, Quad J and Richard are... Uh, excited to be joining the network officially starting in January. And if you're looking for other ways to support them, stay tuned for that as part of the podcast network, mm. trying to bring all the people together that are creating community here in Rochester. The Avengers. This is exciting <laughs> stuff. So uh, follow Lunch of Our Podcasts on Instagram, and you'll hear all about what's coming up in Rochester. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Again, please. Anytime the Mercantile is open, please stop in and check out what we have to offer. Uh, Don't forget to uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and please come see us January 5th for our reception to celebrate all of our artists for the year of 2023. Richard and Kwaje signing off for December. You guys take care. We'll see you soon. Out. This has been a presentation of the Lunch Hour Podcast Network. That's natural light. Yeah, that's natural light.